Spirit lives inside of you. Okay. You believe that? You know, we have a spirit. And it's just like, he's not just like waving a magic wand over our spirit. The actual spirit of God comes and lives inside of us and communicates with our spirit. And uh, in the Old Testament, the spirit of God did not live in anybody. The spirit of God came upon people. Spirit of God came upon Gideon. The spirit of God came upon um, Saul and upon David. The spirit of God came upon Samson and Samuel. And even into the New Testament, Simeon waiting for the coming of Christ. The Bible says that the spirit of the Lord came upon him uh, before the announcement of the birth of Christ, looking for the Messiah. So God was always interacting with man, but the spirit of God would come. Spirit of God would do whatever he's going to do, and the Spirit of God would lift. But Ezekiel, who had said a lot, he was a prophet during the time of the Babylonian captivity, five or six hundred years before Christ, he had a lot to say about the Holy Spirit. And he, he talked about the Valley of Dry Bones that came alive through the breath of God. He talked about that amazing river in Ezekiel 47, the river of life that represented the, the Spirit of God. And wherever this river went, it brought life. And he also prophesied in three different places by the word of the Lord that there was coming a time when the Spirit of God would be in you. And God said, and I will put my Spirit within you. And so, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I think we don't appreciate it because we really don't know everything he's brought to the table. You know? Have you ever met somebody and you're like, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you, you know? And then, you know, then you find out, like, they're a multimillionaire or they've got their PhD, 14 PhDs, you know, they... They've uh, traveled around the world and spoke to multitudes of people. You know, they're famous. And, and then you're, you're like, you yeah, have another, you're viewing them differently, right? I mean, that's the way we are. We're like, whoa, that's an amazing person. You know, they became this amazing entrepreneur, had this great business mind, or, you know, wrote uh, many books and was an author and spoke all over the world. And we're like, wow. Well, that's kind of how the Holy Spirit is. You know, we know he's there. He's the third person of the Trinity. He lives in us. But what does he bring to the table? What does he have that we might not know or understand completely? So we're going to look at this for about 15 minutes, and then we're going to get on with the water baptism. Um, in uh, Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist is talking of the coming of Christ, And, of course, Jesus was walking around at the time, but he wasn't right there. And he said, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Has anybody ever felt that fire? You know, Jeremiah said, I've got a fire shut up in my bones. You know, when the Spirit of God moves in us, and and it's like, sometimes it's like electricity. It's like fire and sets us on fire for the things of God. Has anybody ever been on fire for God and then kind of fizzled out a little bit? (laughs) That one never did. 
All right, back there. Mr. Tucker never fizzled out. You know, we're on fire for God. We feel the fire of God burning within us. And that, let me tell you something. That's not something you work up. You can't, well, you can seek God, but when you feel that fire lit, you, it, that is the Holy Spirit of God within you, setting you on your path to follow in your walk with Christ. And, and, so, and we're going to go on and find out why. Why do we have that fire? Let's look at uh, Luke 24, 49. This is when Jesus was, had died, rose again. He was still walking around before he was ascended. And he said, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. Well, he promised it all through the Old Testament. He said, I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to send what my father promised, but stay in the city, which was Jerusalem, until you have been clothed with power from on high. And I want to say that I think the two, this Holy Spirit has many attributes, but I think the two most vital that we need to understand is that he, the power of God dwells in us. That the, the Holy Spirit living in us fills us with the power of God. Well, why do I want the power of God? You know, am I supposed to just go, uh, you know, why do I have the power of God? Well, we have the power of God, number one, to witness. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you or in you because they were baptized by the Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. There's another place where, where uh, the, the scripture says that it, the Holy Spirit gives us boldness. And so we need power to walk this this life. And, and the number one thing we need to be is a witness. You know, to pray for some, to not be afraid, to be bold, to, you know, have an... I remember when I was working for a doctor one time, and it's before I was married, and, and, you know, I was shy. And I was maybe 20 years old. And one of my co-workers um, was pregnant, and the baby was breech. And the baby had gotten very low, and they didn't want to deliver she didn't want to have a cesarean section, and, and she was crying, and there was a lot of drama. And the Lord spoke to me and said, pray that the baby turns. Pray for her. And she wasn't a believer. And, and the doctor said, it's, the baby's too far down. It won't turn. So we're going to have to schedule a cesarean section. And the Holy Spirit said to me, you know, pray for her. And I'm shy, and I'm like, oh, what's she going to think, you know? And so finally I said... And I'm like the new girl in the office. I've only been there a few months. So I'm like, Sharon, can I pray for you? And it, people are receptive. People, people want to be prayed for. People want to know that there's a God that loves them. You know, and, and the devil tells us, oh, don't say anything. You might offend them, you know. And we just do it in kindness and in love and, and show that we care. And I, and I said to her, she started crying. She said, yes, would you pray for me? So I laid my hands on the, her belly and prayed for her. And I was like, oh, God, now you have to do something. <laughs> Lord, you have to prove that you're real, okay? I did my job. And anyway, a few days later, she went back in for an exam, and the baby had turned, and she had a normal delivery within just a few days. And so, and, and Dr. Villa, who I was always witnessing to, and we'd, talk, we'd have discussions about God. He just kind of looked at me like, 
hmm, really? So it was a witness to Sharon. It was a witness uh, to the doctor who eventually came to Christ and was a witness to the girls in the office of the power of God. But it's that boldness and that power that God puts within us that it's on tap. It's on tap. We just need to realize what the Holy Spirit brings to the table in our lives. What is available, how we can move in the power of God. Um, next scripture is uh, Zechariah 4, 6, talking again about the power of the, about um, being done by the Holy Spirit, that we are so, we need to be so dependent on him in what we are doing. Zechariah, not Zechariah, Zechariah was prophesying to Zerubbabel who was building the, rebuilding the temple and they were getting ready to put the capstone on it. And, and the prophet came and Zerubbabel had all sorts of problems and the prophet came to encourage him and he's like, listen, Zerubbabel, you've sweated hard. You've used the power of man to, to put these stones back in place. You know, you've done everything. But I got something to tell you. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. This is how this is going to happen. This is how this temple is going to be finished by the spirit of God. And so many times in our lives, I believe that, you know, we try so hard, right? We try to resist. We try to pray. We try to, and we're try, but God says, look, my spirit is in you. It ha my spirit gives you all the power you need. Not only the power to witness, but the power to overcome the enemy. The power to live an overcoming life. The power to hear when he speaks with us, right? Do you know the Holy Spirit talks to us? The scripture says he'll teach us all things. He'll give us discernment. Have you ever, you know, been in a situation and, and a little voice in there goes, no. You know, don't go that way or no, that's not right. That, well, you know, and sometimes we listen and sometimes we don't. We're always sorry when we don't. But that's the spirit of God in us. And God wants to talk to us and he wants to empower us. And the second big thing that I want to really drive home today is the fact that he is a guide, that he leads us, okay? The scripture says, let's go to the next one. I'd love to teach on that, but that's for another day. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. That we need to be led by the Spirit. And I think sometimes we just lose sight of that in our lives. You know, we just get up, we do our routine, we, you know, go to work, go to school, whatever we're doing, taking care of the kids. And we lose sight that the Spirit of God wants to lead us every day. And when, and when we learn that, and, and as we grow into, well, does that mean if I'm not led, I'm not a child of God? Yes, you're a child of God. I put that to rest. But it's a maturity he's talking about. It's a maturity. It's a growing up in God and learning to hear his voice. He said, my sheep hear my voice. You know, so as we grow into adulthood in Christ, you know, and we learn, not that he doesn't speak to us when we're newborn babies because he does, but we learn to hear that voice, and the Holy Spirit wants to guide us in all the things we do. Now, I remember years ago, 
there was a movement where, you know, every doctrine of the church, every teaching, somebody takes it to a crazy extreme. So I remember I had a friend who used to pray every morning what dress she should wear. Please. Let's, let's just first try and get our life straight before we worry about praying what dress we're going to wear. You know, that, that we, we want to be dependent on him and him leading us through our life, okay? And that the power of God, that we're always aware that the power of God is in us waiting to move through us and flow like a river of life to people to touch their lives. So the river, so the Holy Spirit is for us to witness, to be life-giving wherever we go. And also for our own overcoming life. So those that are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Now, there's three, and I, I taught this uh, Thursday night um, at the Harvest House meeting, but throughout the scripture, there's kind of a, a theme of three things that go together, and that is the, wa- the blood, the water, and the Spirit. Wherever you look, I mean, from beginning to end, you're going to see blood, water, and Spirit The Apostle John said there are three that bear witness on the earth. Blood, water, spirit, and these three are one. They go together. So just for instance, when a baby is being born, um, for those of you that have experienced it or been in the room, there's a lot of water and blood. I know men that come out, they're like white. I didn't know there's so much water and blood. I mean, it's just, it's a mess. But it's water and it's blood coming from, you know, it's from two separate, I mean, they're two separate things. They're like not mixed together. Uh, You know, the sack around the baby is filled with water and the blood from the placenta. So then what happens when that baby is born? Blood and water. Now what? That baby breathes in life. That baby breathes in spirit. The breath of God. Where God breathes life into another, into another child. Well, same thing. In the spirit. God does the same thing. He has set this up in his wise ways. Of our birth in the spirit is the same. It's blood. It's water. And it's spirit. So, for instance, when... And so many instances, I could go on and on. You know, Jesus was baptized. He represents the blood. John baptizes him in water. He comes out. The dove comes down. Blood, water, spirit. I mean, there's got to be 15 examples that come to my brain of this. But I particularly like the story of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. And they make the journey through the Red Sea. Now, they came out of Egypt because of blood that was sprinkled by a a lamb that was slain for each house. Blood was sprinkled over the door, and they were delivered out of Egypt and Pharaoh, who was representative of the taskmaster of their life. Egypt was the taskmaster of of, uh, Israel. They were in bondage to Egypt. They were slaves. And the blood delivered them out of Egypt, but then they had to cross through the Red Sea, which is water. 
And as they go through the Red Sea, and this could be taught for hours, as they go through the Red Sea, they come through the water the other side. The water drowns Pharaoh and his army, cuts off the, t the bondage, the people of bondage, cuts off the taskmaker forever. That was the last time that Israel had to put up with Egypt. And they, well, until today, <laughs> the Hamas and all those people. No, but during that time period, they were, they were cut off. And what happened? They came in through the Red Sea into the Promised Land. And what was waiting for them? The pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire that God had ready for his people to lead them into the promised land, to lead them in their walk. And so was that land, you know, God gave them the promised land. Was it free and clear? We're just going to go in here and plant our crops and let our animals? No. There were giants in the land. And God said, I'm going to give you this land. All you got to do is listen and follow my lead. And so as the, holy, as the, uh, the pillar of cloud that would move during the day, they would follow it. The pillar of fire would move at night because they also traveled at night. They would follow it. And then sometimes it would stop and they'd set up camp. And so they learned that they never moved unless the pillar moved. Whether it was the, you know, they're out there, they're eating dinner, they're grilling their whatever, eating their hummus. All of a sudden, the cloud lifts off of the the little tabernacle that they had in the wilderness, the tents. And they're like, the cloud's getting ready to move. They start packing up their tents. Time to go. Because God's getting ready to move and we're following him. And so this is all throughout the scripture. You have the, the blood, the water, the spirit. The blood they were delivered from Egypt. The water they came through the Red Sea. And there was the Holy Spirit waiting for them. So today as we move into baptism, you know, the, the, the candidates that are going to come up here that desire water baptism, they've given their life to Christ. We'll give them an opportunity to, to make sure that's true. The blood has cleansed them. They're going to go down in the waters of baptism. And then God promises to give them the Holy Spirit, to baptize them in the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, 38 and 39, Peter uh, was preaching the first sermon after they were filled, after the disciples themselves were filled with the Holy Spirit. They came out. Jerusalem was filled with people from all over the wor known world. Peter starts preaching. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what I want to make plain today is it's a gift. We don't earn it. We can't make ourselves pretty enough for it. We can't go to the gym enough to get it. We can't, uh, you know, give enough money to the poor. This is a gift. The Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father, and he is a gift to our lives. And he is a gift for what? Two, two main things I want you to take home today. Number one, power. The Holy Spirit puts power in your life. It's not by your might or your own power. It's by the Spirit of God. That's how we live a victorious life. 
It is the power of God that leads us and guides us. And that's the second thing I want you to take home. The Holy Spirit will guide you. He wants us to learn to follow the lead of God. I know even in a service, sometimes we're going in a certain direction and the Holy Spirit says, no, I want to go this way. And when you go the way the Holy Spirit says to go, lives are transformed and heaven is touched and eternity is touched. And that happens every day in your life and in my life, the people we come in contact with, that we need to be aware. I've got, Paul said what? Don't you know the Holy Spirit lives within you? And you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So he's living in us. He's taken up residence, and he's like, I'm going to lead you. I'll take care of you. Follow my lead. Walk in my power. And so I think there's one more scripture, Luke 11. Which of, your, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? And if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? And this is Jesus talking. So, you know, this morning there may be there may be some here today who maybe you're not going in the waters of baptism. Um, still, ask for the Holy Spirit. You know, this is a, this is this is a pattern that God has established for blood, water, and spirit. But God never sticks to a pattern at the expense of the people He loves. Okay, because even in the Book of Acts, when they were preaching. And that they were used to preaching, doing water baptism, and then seeing people filled with the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, God switched it up. And, and Peter or Paul or one of them was preaching, and the Holy Spirit fell on the people. And they began to speak in tongues and prophesy and praise God and all this stuff. So the disciples were like, what are we going to do now? The pattern's been broke. We're supposed to do water baptism first. And one of them piped up and was like, Let's bat. It was the Gentiles. First time the Gentiles were filled with the Spirit. And they're like, let's bring them to the water. You know, so today, if you want to be filled, overflowing, baptized, the Holy Spirit, all you have to do is ask him. Just ask him. He's a good father. <laughs>